The weather kept a few people away. Sun's shining outside. It's beautiful. It's scary for some people. Yeah, exactly. So, so we, we were we we had started the section. What we're going to review it says Tanu Rabbanan Arba'ad Devarim Amru Bapat. Okay. Um, Nun Amud Bet in this book, page two twenty one. Okay, everybody have it, or approximate at least. Okay, so this comes from actually the what I told you said from the, one of the minor tractates, Masachtotanot Derech Eretz. The Derech Eretz and the Derech Eretz Zuta. Zuta means small. So there, there are two um, dealings when they tell they speak about what's appropriate behavior, what is a, what a Talmid Chacham is supposed to be like. How you act at a table, all those kind of things. Okay? You don't take live food and put it on bread. Why? The blood. Right. So the blood may seep into the bread, and clearly that's not something. And you don't take, you know this yourself, you pour the wine, too much wine in, you don't, you have to be careful how you move it, you don't take the kosmale so drops can fall onto the bread, and we've talked about the, the fact that um, things can become impure through liquids. The Ainzor Kinetabat. Remember we talked about that last time? You don't throw the bread. Although some people do, and whatever. The Ainzom Bapat. And you don't lean a bowl. In other words, it has to do with Bizayon HaOchel. And I said, if the Kalvachomer the, the is such is, if you have to be careful with, with bread, not to show shame, how much the more so with human beings. Okay, so clearly pot is the, the, the staff of life, it's the thing that is essential, it's part of our, our rituals, um, it's part of Lechem HaPanim, which was in the Mishkan already, so it has a special status, and in that special status you should treat it properly, as we will see you have to treat all food properly. That's I think where we left last time. Okay, everybody have it? Who wants to take it today? Yeah. No. You want to take it, Brad? Okay. Sure. And I'm happy to split it, but whatever you want. Okay, so why don't you start? All right. Amemar Marzutra Ravashi Karavo Kirahu Kirahu Ripata Tahade Tahade Asie Lakamehu Tamre Therimune. Okay, so Amemar and Marzutra and Ravashi. Babylonian. Amoraim, actually rather late, Ravashi is one of the last people. Karhu, those of you who went to Ramah, what word do you know from here? Kerach. Which is? Nice. No, Kerach is Kuf Reish Chet. Kuf Reish Chet. How many mistakes can you, how many mistakes can you make in the word Noah, for instance? <laughs> right, Krechim. Yom Krechim, sandwich. Right, Yom Krechim. I think it almost made up that meat, that word, Ramah. Okay, and now it's, when you go to Israel and you ask for a kriach, they don't know what the heck you're talking about. A sandwich. A sandwich. So, they had they put bread together in a sandwich as such. Before the old sandwich. Okay. They brought before him timarim, which are? Dates. Dates. And rimonim. Pomegranates. Okay? So they were sitting and having a meal. And they brought before him them some fruit. Okay. Shekol marzutra patach lekamei the ravashi 
Distana. Distana. Okay. So what happens here? He takes them. Okay. Shakal Marzutra Pitak. He threw them the the Ravashi to Sitna. He threw it to the, to this person. Sounds All right. Like they were, <laughs> right. That sounds like right there. very good. Um, uh, and uh, Sitra. It actually it seems to be. I mean. Rashi has it in Old French, Manashel Basar Mevushal. Okay, it it some sort of boiled meat or something. How do they translate it? What, which one? Portion cooked meat. A cooked meat. Okay. Which, which okay. Sitna. <coughs> okay. Rashi has it. Imne Shtari Whatever. I can't read for the old this this French. Amnistrazon. What's this? Okay. So what happens? Amarle lo sabar la marla detanya. In zorkin et Didn't didn't your mother tell you? <laughs> you know, throw your food. Don't you understand? Didn't we already learn? You know, again, it's a mother's thing. You know, <laughs> yeah, who would who would who would allow this? Hmm? Not commenting. You got four boys sitting around the table. I can just see what's happening if Marcy doesn't put her foot down. You know, come on. It's where do we learn manners? In most cases, you don't learn them at school. That's for sure. No, and you don't you learn them at camp. That's where you lose them. Okay. <laughs> if anybody's been a counselor, you don't learn them at camp, for sure. Okay. You learn them at home. You learn them at home. Okay. And in homes with that are still, you know, comfortable for parents saying no to children. That's an editorial comment. Um, they learn rather quickly. What the, what is acceptable and what is what is not acceptable, and what's the response? He tanya. We already learned it with back to bread. You're gonna throw tainim. You're gonna throw off meat. I mean, it's ridiculous, frankly. Okay, ridiculous. <laughs> Didn't we learn? And this is from Sofrim, which is another the Masechtok Tanot, one of the minor tractates, and you can imagine it deals with. The writing of Sifrei Torah and Mezuzot and Tefillin. It has the laws of Torah reading very often involved with it as well. Didn't we learn there that in the same way as you don't throw with the bread, so you don't throw any food. Why? Because it's not simply bread. It's what we call Bizayon HaOchel. It's shame to the food. you got to show some respect. After all, it's a gift to you. If you're throwing it around, what are you showing? Right. Okay, you really don't care whatsoever. Somebody else had a thing and said the act opposite. You don't throw bread, but anything else you can throw. Now, again, this is kind of ridiculous to say the least. Okay? Why are they, they, they dealing with all this stuff? Well, I asked it. <laughs> Usually, when they deal with it, it's because this was happening, and so they talk about it. Okay. In okay. A lot of cases, otherwise, they wouldn't often wouldn't be speaking about. All right. It. Um, they had a food fight. Well, it's yeah, not only a, a food fight. Remember it this way, okay? Uh, Wednesday night, the the immense club is having one of these uh, great dinners, the caveman dinner, right? I said against my better judgment, I'll come. Um, my brain is not home yet, so I'm going to get some food, right? What's that? What? 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 What is a caveman dinner? Do you know? Yes, but probably without any utensils. No utensils. You think they had serving spoons in those days? No, only for the wealthy. No. They had nothing. 
Okay? So, I don't know. Were they totally with their hands? I don't know. Okay, you remember where the Alfreds had the, the restaurant? What did you get as, ser as serving pieces? Nothing. Okay? I just, I wouldn't go. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> I had Larry take the kids. <laughs> I was not. Right? Where was this? The Cardo Culinario. In, in, in the old city. Slum. Okay. He took the boy. It wasn't right. right. Okay. <laughs> That's the way they, so you, you now imagine now, today we're very careful. You put on, you know, servers put on gloves. and everything. They weren't careful in those days. They had no recognition. So taking things and, you know, taking it, you know, Millie's down there. She, she's going to pass it down. I'm going to have to pick it up with my hands anyhow. Right? So you can imagine they were a little less careful with distributions of the food. I mean, that's the only way I can take it. The data. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, I think that's, but I think that's a really yeah. good explanation. I mean, I just know the reality. I mean, again, the Talmud doesn't talk about it. You know, well, in the Roman times, this is what we did. We didn't have utensils. No, it all has to do with... with Tuman Torah has to do with Bizayona Ochel, the shame of the food, etc. But you got to look at the realities. Clearly, there were there were disagreements of whether you can throw bread. They all agreed you can't throw bread. Well, if you can't throw bread, can does that mean you can't throw anything else? Or does that mean you can't throw bread and you can throw anything else? So clearly, again, I think they were yeah, doing it because there were the way, you know, the distribution of food took place. Okay, so I mean that's the only way I can take it. Otherwise, it's it's really a joke, you know, to put it that way. We can ask David Kramer. What? We can ask David Kramer if he's into the stuff. Yeah, right, he did a lot of the food, correct. Okay. Is that where the habit of the Hasidim, from a Hasidim with the Shirayim? Shirayim. Shirayim is a Hasidic thing that has to do with only Hasidim. Oh, that has nothing to do, this didn't come from that. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, that didn't Sh come from this. Hasidim have their own little things. Why they, th they throw the food that he eats or leaves over, I have no clue. You know, let's face it. Um, a little kasha. Have a demi demiis. Demim is. Demim is. Thank you. Have a de love mimi mim. What does maus mean? Something that's disgusting. Something that's spoiled. All right. So it has to do with things that are spoiled and things that aren't spoiled. All right. That you that you're going to throw. Okay. If you're going to throw an orange. To somebody, you throw the orange, or the person's going to peel it, etc. It's not going to get. That's not so bad. Not so bad. I just thought of something else. When you feed animals, you throw animals food. Mm-hmm. Well, part of it's because you don't want to get your hand in their way. In many cases, too. Some people still. Well, they sometimes you put them in a trough where you put it. Even then. Yeah. Okay. So, but things that will, you know, will. will you know, you, you have a bowl of kasha or something. You're not going to throw that at somebody, okay? Or you may want to, but I don't know. Throw the kasha. All right. <laughs> okay, so what you, what you have here is things things that are not going to be spoiled. Fruits, those kind of things you can throw to one another. But things that are spoiled in their delivery as such, when they're thrown at you, that you don't do. That's like throwing rotten tomatoes at somebody. Yeah, right. It depends how hard you throw them. Toward the actors. Okay, next one. Now, so remember, you're really dealing here again with the important parts of bread and wine. Those are two important things, and you can understand why. They were elements that were part of religious ceremonies. They still are, clearly. We bring in the day of the Yuntuf with bread and wine. Clearly, they were part of Christianity. The bread and wine with this different kind of symbolism. 
and clearly they were also part of the, the, the Mishkan and the temple, the synagogue, the home. These are, you know, the real sense of, of why these two are, are being selected as, as uh, kind of being pointed out in very real ways. So next one has to do now with wine. The first part at least. What's it, Sinor? A pipe. So somehow what they must do, you can bring wine through, literally through pipes. It says, how did they translate it? It says, one may draw wine through pipes. Even there you during, go. Even during celebration. Well, wait, wait, for before, it would be Fnei Chatan Vekala. Right? Yeah. Right. It's a pipe. So, I mean, it's, so I, I don't know exactly what, what it meant by pipes, to be honest with you. Okay? Um, it, it would presumably, it, it, you didn't simply pour it into a, uh, a glass or something, but it was some sort of utensil that brought it, that brought the food, it's that, that brought the wine to the Chatan and Kala. I don't know if it's quite like a straw. You may think of it that way. I'm not so sure exactly. Um, I was thinking of beer pong. <laughs> Thank you, Fran, for bringing this conversation to another Madrid. To, to what? What'd you say? Fran probably enjoyed beer pongs, which was where you'd pour a beer into a funnel and a okay. bottle too. I, of course, never did it. All right. For 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 Simcha at least. All right. R- Rashi says Mishum Siman Tov. It's not something which is uh, inappropriate. They have said because it came out of the tsinor into some sort of vessel. So Rashi was wor- they were worried that if you pour things into the maybe an open pipe, what's going to happen? It's going to spill. You're going to waste it. It's inappropriate. And Rashi said you're allowed to do certain things, which is the case, of course. Um, for the simcha, the sameachatan vekala, and you don't have to worry about uh, the, if some of it spills over as such. Okay, and you can throw before them, okay, klayot. What are some sort of nuts? Okay, egozim. Okay. You can pour, you can throw them to them. Again, is a sign of bracha. When? No. Mm-hmm. You can throw them in the sunny days, but not in rainy days. Why? Because you can recover them and use them. You can, right? You can. They'll make a mess. Okay. The the, in the rainy days are going to get all wet. You're going to step on them. They're going to make a mess, etc. Okay. Again, I go back to. Well, it, spo- it spoils it though. If yeah, they're, they're still, spoiled. It's still dry, you can use. Right. Them, but they're they're spoiled, and you're wasting the food. Here, exactly. they could be eaten, etc. Okay. Is that the same thing as when people throw rice? Yeah, I don't know what rice. I, I mean, I don't know the tradition of, of where rice exactly comes from. I don't know what it means. Anybody know? Rice is proof. Is has to do being fruitful. Well, rice is. It grows as you it. I don't know. I know. You know, the old story is Google it. <laughs> Find out why rice on this throat. I mean, we, you know, we throw something sweet. Okay? It basically. All right? And now, you know, we throw these candies. I, you all know the story that when I came here, that's not what you did. 
Remember what you used to throw when I came here? Projectiles. Yes, hard candies. Hard people used to bring from home hard candies, and they used to put them into little into yes. bags like this and throw them. Right. Until I once got hit, well, right near the right near my eye, yeah, and I heard them. You know, kids are up there, and I heard them pinging off the the doors. I said, "That's it, guys. I'm making a veto right now. Never again. Somebody's gonna get hurt. Your insurance isn't high enough. We're gonna supply these." These sons kiss things. Nobody has to pay them. And since then, nobody's brought them in. But those of you who go back far enough, you remember. You used to bring them in, and people used to heave them from the second row. You can just imagine, right? If your boys were sitting second they row, they would have loved it. They would have loved it. <laughs> and, and let me tell you, they were hot when you heave them from second row, which is always happening well, that's why with they those heavy. Because it really was a. It was. It was. Well, but I was. I was exposed, and I say, when well, I remember getting hit, and I said, "That's it." Hey, sorry, guys. I know I'm going to destroy my reputation here at the congregation amongst that and, and uh, drinking and everything else that goes with it. So, the rice is considered a life-giving seed. Thank you. It's See, there you go. Look, she looked it up in the Rishonim and the Achronim <laughs> and found it immediately. It's amazing. That they would just sell with fertility and have many children. Rice is not harmful to birds, also. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay. Then you're talking about bees about wasting food, so that's actually a good one, in terms of like that. Right. Okay. So, yeah, there you go. So again, here you know you you can you if you throw the, the sun kiss as long as somebody doesn't step on them, right? They're fine and they last. Actually, last a long time. To be honest with you, my grandchildren came up, picked up all kinds. They don't really. Uh, two of them don't really need candies or anything, so they just pick them up and leave them in the drawer, and we empty the drawers by peso. Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> they pick up candies and they throw them, you know, at the at Ofrofs and in the bar mitzvahs at the shul. But Shmuel doesn't need a candy, and Maytel really doesn't need. Anael can eat anything she wants, for God's sake, um, and she does. But so every, every before Pesach, they just take a drawer and just go. <laughs> it's really a lot of fun. They say if Saba comes, he can eat them. <laughs> All right. Geluskaot. <coughs> Geluskaot are some sort of dainty uh, uh, party favor, kind of cakes. Okay? Glucose. Hmm? Glucose. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Okay. Because. Okay, not in the rainy days or in sunny days because. They're going to spoil. The, if the sun's out, you get these little p p cakes, they're all going to spoil. See, you, you can well, be careful. When you throw them, they fall apart. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I, I just want to look. At, I have here a Unim. I'll read it. Okay. Bizayon Ochlim, the second one. Niresha Rosh Maspir Shein Zorkim Glus Ka'ut. Okay, because they're made with some, they're like, you know, like a bread of sorts, some sort of, of, of cook of cake things. And, and Rosh says you don't throw them no matter what. Even if it doesn't spoil, it's not appropriate, it shouldn't be thrown, etc. That's the real reason. Why are we worried about shaming food as such and bizayon? Because what you're showing is you really don't care about the Kodesh Baruch who grants you the food. Okay. Again, when you when you people ask you why do you keep kosher, 
You know, the answer to some extent is, well, because that's what Jews do, and that's what the Torah says, and that's how I was raised, etc. But the important thing as well is to say what, what Kashrut ultimately does is it teaches you respect for food and the gift of food from the very beginning. It's not just what you eat, it's what you buy, how you prepare, how you set up your kitchen, how you say brachot before and after, people who eat at the table are supposed to say divrei Torah it's all part of an atmosphere and in that atmosphere we say we shouldn't take for granted what and be like an animal and just take food and eat it and, and you know off the trees or you know live food etc we, we, this is the way we do it now why you know again why does we do it this way why do we do it that way why the separation of milk I mean you can if you don't accept the system you're going to have questions all the time as you all know if you access the system, then there are questions within the system itself. But the way to teach Kashrut is not ultimately, well, that's what the Torah says. It doesn't work today. Or, that's what Jews do. That's an important one, frankly, because that allows you to have people in your home, to go around the world, etc. But I would say that it's a respect for the food, nutrition, a sense of that this is not something that should be taken for granted, and it's part of a whole package the way Jews say Baruch Hashem, Amotzi Lechem and Arts, or whatever the case may be, before you eat food, Rekadamaz on after food, and the recognition that this is really a gift. And again, when you come down to it, Hamotzi Lechem in Arts, we didn't take it out of there, we didn't grow the wheat, we simply brought, either make, a, make it ourselves, or buy it in the, in the, at a bakery, we're spoiled that way. When, when our ancestors lived on farms, as many of them did, they really prepared the food and really appreciated what was on their table. So I think when you, when you really deal with kashrut, you have to deal with the whole picture of it. And this is what this is saying. If you're going to show disrespect for food, what are you really doing? You're showing we're disrespect for God who gave you the food. Somebody just told me because Kinneret is very low again, they're worried about having enough, literally having enough food from Pesach coming up because there isn't a lot of water going through the system. Yeah, I'm not sure where that came from. I don't from. know where that came from. I heard the canaries are lower. They're not as concerned as they used to be with that stuff. Right, because they have systems. Right, so yeah. Larry and I participate in an organic community-supported right. agricultural project for the last six years. So we buy in advance a share of a farmer in Kankakee's produce, and you really become tied to the land because every week she'll say, here's what we have, here's what's going on. And last year, she lost her crops three times. She had to replant, and we had a week where we didn't have any food because she couldn't do it. And you really appreciate it. Well, you just sit there and you realize, right. because as you always say, we go to the grocery store, we buy the wheat, we can store some things. None of us are hungry. We might not get our tomatoes when we want it or whatever, but she may lose, you know, it's really tenuous right now. And every time you see the weather, Kankakee had these major thunderstorms, and we didn't. We didn't have a lot of rain, and she was getting too much rain. And... That's a, that's a very good it's example. Huge, yeah, and, and good example. for those of us who just go to the grocery store, it's you're really tied in. No, it's it's a huge lesson again right. uh, of not taking things for granted, and, that, and I think that's the way you have to teach kashrut in the long run, because then all of a sudden you say, well, you may not like the fact that you separate, you know, you know, not any, the, the silverware, the cutlery, but dish towels and sinks and uh, but when you put it into a whole system then you recognize ultimately if anybody didn't grow up kosher and then does kashrut as you watch them do it I'm going to do that obviously with people who convert etc or when I kosher their kitchens now they have to go to the, and shop differently than they used to 
most of us, well, we just look for a sign. I mean, you get you're just raised a certain kind of way. And you do the it. Same stuff. Yeah. Okay. But when you have to think about it, wow, it then changes your whole perspective in a very real sense. And I've had people say, you know, I never really thought of it before. Now I have to go and the way I, buy, I shop, the way I prepare, how I plan my meals, how much I wait in between. All of a sudden, there's a cognizance of this whole system, etc. Um, so. And in some ways, kashrut should be really in because it's mindfulness. Right. It's very much so. Very much so. Okay. Um, not to take things for granted in a, in a significant fashion. And that comment that he brings here, I think, is really says it all. Okay. And in the negative sense, you don't want to waste food. Again, why why don't you waste food? Our mothers all, you know, because well, people are sick in China, nice. right? Made a great deal of sense. As if I'm going to send that pe that piece of meat all the way to China. You know, etc. My mother to do that when she said people are starving in Europe. I said, "Here's <laughs> right, right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> no, we all did. Right, okay. Now, so what, what did they mean? What she mean by that? You're wasting it. Well, don't waste it because so many people are hungry. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Appreciate what you have. That's right. And recognize that this is a gift. That goes for more than just food. Of course it does. But you want to know something? If you learn it with food, that's what they're saying. This. If you learn it with food, you'll learn it with everything else. If you're going to take food and drink and everything else for granted, you'll start taking a lot for granted. When you recognize that that which we desperately desperately need um, as a necessity just to exist, if anybody's you know been ill and hasn't been able to eat for a while and all those kind of things, never mind just fasting one day or a year or that you know you know that kind of thing or a few days a year. It's not the same kind of thing. So I, I really think there's a there's a an act, a, a very significant uh, lesson here. Uh, me, I'm going to read the Orach HaHalacha on the other side. Mutar lishtamesh ba'ochlim l'chol tzorach bilvad shelo yim asu ayedei kach me'achila. You can use food for anything, but not to be able to waste it. Not to be that it had become putrid by by used by doing it that way. Ufat asur lizrok mishum bizayon ochlim. And bread, you're not supposed to do any, throw it all because of the the, the uh, being inappropriate with food, even though it may not become putrid. Even in time of, of simcha, you don't throw things which are going to make a mess. I love the silly string that used to come that comes out. Okay, some of the, some of the stuff that goes on at quite traditional weddings is totally inappropriate. Below you ruimod lachila, so that it's no longer used used for food. Umutarlim shochyain betzinorot, you can bring water wine in these pipes. Imacharka hishtam shubo, if you use it, meaning don't waste it. Okay, great lesson. Okay, great lesson. If you're going to waste it, then you can't do it. If you don't waste it, and it's going to be eaten. That's another thing. Questions, comments? Uh, again, I think there's, a great, there's some great lessons that are attached to this. Um, did you say at the beginning you can use food for anything even if you don't eat it? You get the first sentence no, the first part said you can use bread for certain kinds of things. You can lean something against etc. If you're not eating at that point. But at a certain point, you don't do it to throw out. Okay, we, we, we have this concept of baltashrit, right? That you're not supposed to, to, uh, to uh, throw things out. The, the question came. I mean, we were speaking. Brian and I were speaking over the when I was speaking to somebody else. The whole concept of, of in Israel of this kind of leket, 
okay, which is a wonderful organization which takes food that is not being used, either from pantries or from smachot, and then distributes it. Um, so somebody said, we've supported it in Purim and those kind of things too, as some of you know. We said, um, and I got some cards and that, that. So I said, the problem is in this community, you can't do the same. When we have food that's already open, there's nobody who's going to take it here. Okay? You can't take it to Moraine Township Pantry, even though we would want to. I was just going to say, this has been um, big Paul's thing. big, my Right, thing. absolutely. Go ahead. On, on campus, there's an organization called the Food Recovery Network that started in D.C., and he started the organization on his campus. And when he approached the food services company that operates all the dining halls, they said the same thing. They said, we can't. You know, there are laws. Right. But actually, that wasn't the case. And they ended up, he has now, since then, you know, hundreds of thousands of tons of food that they've been able to bring. And they, uh, <coughs> as the University of Denver, Sodexo completely you know, they discovered that they were misinterpreting the rules and mm. they were able to bring this food to homeless shelters. And so That's I think huge. it's something we need to sort That's of look huge. at again. That's I great. I love the fact that it's here. When Paul was home for Pesach last year um, and he read, you know, that uh, it talked about, you know, any, that anyone who was hungry come and eat, you know, and he sort of felt that all of his worlds were colliding, you know, there's this food. This is That's great. So we've checked a number of times. Again, though, the, you know, we do a lot of food collections. This congregation is very generous uh, to the food pantry here, to the Ark, other places, etc. Um, but stuff that I've from we just they won't take it here. They won't take it here, and it bothers us because some of it's local legislation, some of it's state, some of it's right. city. And right. Phyllis Satulano used to collect. But again, I don't know if she yeah. did that. Right, I know, right. there used to be that one person. Correct, correct. I remember her too. So, and it, it's bothersome. So here, it, it all relates in that sense, the, the whole concept of food. So it says here, you can't use it for inappropriate purposes, number one. Two, you can't waste it. And three, you don't throw it to be able to, to, to what looks like a happy occasion and know that the food itself is, is going to be wasted. And you have this case afterwards. And so, you know, what, what you just raised up with Paul is, is a wonderful thing. Okay, it's a wonderful thing, and met, needless to say, celebrations that we have here, anything, there's always food left over. Avram's very good at, you don't see it, but recycling the food in different kinds of ways. We've tried to do that appropriately, but you can only do it for so long because it's what, because of health issues. Okay, and some stuff you can't recycle. Well, okay, when they actually when they serve plated meals, then there's very little waste because you order what you place and it's when you have these buffets that there's more food. Number one it's buffets but I also find you know going to many smachot and dinners that when a dinner is, is rather late right, okay and there's been a fair you know appetizer smorgasbord beforehand by the time you get to the main thing it's 10.30 at night so it was, oh, I can't, I'll take a bite but that's it and it's ditched. I mean that's what I right. that, that's, that's, where, the waste that's where I find the waste to be. Okay, because even even and that's plated. Right, right. No, no. Yeah. I'm saying they don't have a lot left over that's not plated. But you're right. absolutely right. Is that? That's right. that's what I find because the the smachot. You 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 know we all gorge on the on the appetizers and there may be some salad or something first. And by the time you get at a wedding or you know it's ten o'clock at night and you kind of say oh god I can't eat this now. You know, first I'm full and I don't want to eat that late. And as we get older, that's definitely the case. 
And I see so much wasted at that we, point. We were at a wedding last year, and I actually said, you know what, I don't want the plate. And they looked at me like I was nuts, and I thought, I already ate enough. I don't, yeah. and I, I, apparently nobody's, you know, very few have done that, because they, you sure you don't want it? It's like, no, I don't want it. No, no, I mean, it, again, you know, so all of this relates. I mean, really, it's all, I think it's all part of Kashrut. I really do. I think it's a whole sense of, 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 of gratitude for the food and how you do it. And in within that realm, obviously, we have some very stringent laws. Because you do things right or you do them wrong. Laws are right or wrong. But the spirit is really behind that whole thing. Well, I think that's where you lose the spirit. When you're just looking at all the laws and the whatever, you forget why you're doing right. it. Right. And, you know, and Rabbi Dresner, Allah Shalom, wrote the, you know, the, the classic book itself and then followed up by Jim Lebo, Rabbi, Rabbi Lebo's brother Jim, with another classic book within the movement. Those are the two classic books still within the conservative movement. That when, I, when it comes time to teach people Kashrut, I give those out. They're still the best. Yeah, you want to get stricky, more stricky on the laws, I have other books that you can have. Okay? But in terms of the general philosophy, they're still the best. Okay. Now we're going to go back and say, this is an interesting one. This never happens to any of you, so I, I, this is just <laughs> academic in its point of view. But what happens, and you sit down to eat, and you forget to say a bracha and you start eating? I know it never happens, but let's just learn academically what might happen. Okay? It didn't, do, it didn't happen at the Mattinson household. <laughs> okay? Do you say, oh well, missed it, I'll get it next time? Do you spit it out and start over again? Do you swallow and in the next bite say something? We'll see. I'm a Rav Yehuda Shaka v'hiknis hochlin v'toch piv below bracha. Okay? So you forgot. You normally say abrocha and you put the, the food in your mouth and then you realize, did I say abrocha or not? Oh my God. Now I'm stuck. Never happens, right? Never. Never. Miss <laughs> <laughs> What do you do? You put it to one side of your mouth. You don't swallow it. Okay, that's what I mean. You don't swallow it. You can't say a bracha with your mouth full. We all learned you're not supposed to talk with your mouth full. There you go. You put it to one side of your mouth and you say the bracha before you swallow it, according to Rabbi Huda. That's a good one. What if you swallow a part of it? What if? What if? Rachel, don't answer. Rachel, you don't want to know. You know, you're sent to your room without breakfast. How's that? Without breakfast, that sounds good. I can stay there all day long. Tanya Chada, Bolan, Bolan, Tanya Idach, Poltan, Tanya Idach, Masalkan. So they had three opinions. One is Tanya Idah, one said Bol'an, Livloa means to swallow. Tanya Idah, Poltan, Liflot means to spit it out. Liflot. But Tanya Idah, Misalkan, the one we had, you put it to your side. So we have three different opinions, all of them clearly possibilities. You swallow it and hey, you made a mistake. Okay, what are you going to do? The other one is, oh my God, I'll spit it out, which is really, if you're talking about waste of food in that. Okay, not one that I think. Uh, we would like to be able to do with it, but okay. So what the response is? Uh, low kasha. Got to be able to find reasons for each one, right? Hadatanya bolin bolan bolan bimashkin. Give me swallow it, meaning with liquids. 
Fatanyam Polatam Things that don't get spoiled. Okay, you put something into your mouth and you recognize you had it, you can put it back into your mouth afterwards because it's not spoiled as you kick. Okay? Not the most appetizing. Okay? You've never seen kids do that, right, Mike? Your grandchildren never took something in their mouth, spit it out, and then put it back in, right? Never. I know. <laughs> you stood there and watched it. Tanya Masal Khan. Okay, and the other and the other one says we put what do you put on to the side of your mouth things that will spoil because you can't once you take them out of your mouth it can't be done. Okay. Okay, so what it says is nami even with things that are not. Uh, going to become spoiled. Shouldn't we just put it to the side of our mouth and say the bracha at that point? Mm-hmm. Uh, Why do you have to say spit it out? Just put it to the side of your mouth. Rav Yitzchak. Um, Rav Yitzchak. A very important person, I guess. I never heard of him. Yeah, your mouth should be filled with the Gaza. And what, what's now in your mouth? Food. Food. That's an odd kind of statement to say the least. Okay? Everything you eat, your mouth should be full of praises. Correct. Uh, right. But that does that mean supposedly that you should spit it out so you, your mouth be filled with praises and not with food. That's what he's saying here. Not to put it to your side. In things that don't spoil. If they spoil, it's a different story. But in things that don't spoil, they say, why don't you just put it to the side of your mouth? Because officially your mouth should be praises, filled with praises of God, and if it's, not, if it's filled with food, it's not with praises of God. You don't like that one, Mike? Sorry. Oh, I like that one. It's the <laughs> Right. It's only to heal. All right, let's look back to the Iyunim on the previous page for a moment. Liat Mashkim, the last one. Hatam Shaboleat Mashkim Veinom Avarech. The reason that you swallow liquids and don't say the blessing afterwards, they're already no longer food as such. They become mixed up with the saliva and everything. You spit them out, who's going to drink it? Nobody. And since you missed it, you missed it. Now let's look at the Orachah Halacha, because that's the key. Um, right across from there. Both solids and liquids. If you can take them out of your mouth, without them getting spoiled, then you put them to the side of your mouth. The bottom line is do you say the bracha or do you not say the bracha? The answer is yes. You say it, okay? If you recognize afterwards, you know you're you're eating peanuts or something, and all of a sudden you, have, you eat peanuts, and oh, I should have said a bracha. Say it at that point. Say it at that point, okay? Not the, yeah, you know you made a mistake. It, it happens when people are hungry without looking, etc. Um, and what about the time limit? That's, it, right. That's a. Di- I don't know that answer. Right. That's a good point. You know. So, you know. Right. If you've recognized afterwards, remember we said you have to go back after you left? The answer is no. 
Mm -hmm. So at a certain point, the answer is no. I don't know exactly what he had. Four peanuts or three peanuts, you know, that kind of thing. All right. Now, what happens now if you now, in a sense, you've basically eaten the whole thing in order to go to your question, and you forgot to say at the beginning, hamotzi, lori priyagafen, or whatever the case may be. Okay? So we're on the next page again, 222, where it says, ba'umine. Ba'umine me'rav hista mi she'achal Okay, so a person not only had a little supplement, remember, but he basically ate, and he drank, he had most of his meal, and he had forgotten to say the beginning blessings. What should he do? Should he go back to the beginning and say the blessings? nodef. <laughs> Okay, what is shum? Garlic. A person who eats garlic, the recho nodef, and the smell is literally flowing. They're going to go eat another piece of garlic. Alright? In other words, you know? So what what does that what is that basically saying? What's what's the the parable as such? Not going to do anything if you go back and. Right. In other words, it's it's all going to do is going to smell more. All right. It's not going to get rid of the smell. So klomar, Steinzelt says. In other words, sarich hulevarech. Vechi im chatav lo berech lefnei Meaning. You're supposed to say the blessing. And now that he ate, does that mean he shouldn't say the blessing at all? Instead, Ah, Ravina says, Ravina again, Ravina Ravashi, according to the Talmud, are the ones who actually put the Talmud together. 499 of the Common Era, so we're really dealing with the end of the Talmudic period as such. Okay, what should you do? You know, if, 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 even if you finished your meal, you should go back and now say the bracha. Okay? We'll see what the halach is. Okay? But um, let's keep going now. And they're going to bring an example. It's an odd example to say the least, but it's an example. Titania Tavel Allah, Omer Allah Lesu Ba'ali Yato Ba'ali Yato Okay, so those who've gone to the mikvah before, okay, when do you say the bracha? Okay, thank you, Michael. Most people don't say a bracha when they toivel. There are things, if you're just going to toivel because you want to be pure, you don't. But women are supposed to say a bracha, converts are supposed to say a bracha. Okay, when do you say the bracha? Not quite at the end. You, you, okay, so if, if it's a convert, okay, they can't do it. Be, normally, when do you do? Well, normally, when do you do a bracha? Before, before you, do, you do something. But the convert can't because the convert is Jewish. The convert is not Jewish yet. Okay, so normally with a conversion, you do it three times. Okay, and after the first tefillah. They normally say the bracha. They come up and they say the bracha, because that's already. They now said a share kitchen of mitzvotav. They can't do that beforehand. 
Remember, again, it's true. Sure. Okay, I said to you before, why do we, again, what's, what's the reason for women closing your eyes? Because what, if, once you say the bracha, it's Shabbos, you can't light the candles. So, symbolically, okay, we do that a few times. Here, normally what happens in terms of women, if she's going for, for nida and such, she does the tefillah and says the bracha. Before that, she's fairly impure. Okay, so, the response here is, Taval Allah. Okay? You did your now remember Tfilah then was very important in, in at least symbolically for sure in temple times because you couldn't be pure unless you did you went to you were Tovel and under a lot of different circumstances. So, okay. Uh, um, the, in this case, after he goes up, he says, Baruch Hashir Al That's when you say the bracha after you performed the mitzvah. the mitzvah. Okay? So, normally you do it beforehand. Okay? Here you do it after. Why is he bringing this one? Well, because normally you would say the bracha beforehand. But, you've done the act, so maybe you should say the bracha afterwards in the same way as you say the bracha having to do with the tefillah after the fact. You do it, yeah, because the wiping of the hands is the key thing there, right? It's not the the water itself; it's the wiping of the hands when you say it's that to die. Yeah. Okay. But you're right. You do it afterwards too. Yeah, does that apply to cures and, and women? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Thank you. And the response is velohi. That's you can't make an example from one to another. You can't make a comparison of one to another. Why? You can't make the difference. Why? You were, you, beforehand, you couldn't make the bracha. Okay? You're either impure, you're a, you're a non-Jew, etc. You can't make it. The only time that you can make it is after you're either pure... Or here of Alhacha Meikra Gavechaze, you could have made the bracha. Bekevan, what's Litchot mean? You pushed it off. Since you pushed it, thank you. Thank you. We'll see you Thursday, right? Yeah. Oh uh, uh, yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. Lunch in the loop. Right. The fact is, you pushed it off. You pushed it off. Farfalm. Okay, you can't go back and say, "Gee, I've eaten my whole meal." Oh, I forgot mozi. I think I'll say mozi. I'll wash my hands and I'll say mozi. Now, if you're going to continue to eat, or you're going to have another meal, it's a mela. But here, you fit. It says you finished already, right? And you left the place. Do you have to go back? Meaning, you've gone on to other things. You've left the table. Okay. Look at oracha halacha for a moment. Okay, when you when you get up from the water. Okay, as I say, what, what normally what happens very often with with gerim uh, or, or giyoret, what happens is we ask them to do three. The first one, they come up and they say, Second one, if you're here, very often they'll ask them to just say a own private prayer. The third one is shechianu. Because then they're Jewish already. Okay? But before that, 
How can they say Asher Kishan Mitzvotav? Misha Shachach Levarech. Misha Chal Vinizkar Shalo Berech Eino Mevarech. You missed the chance. You can't go back and say Motzi after you finished your meal. The other, so the other ones went. Brad asked before. Now we're looking at a time period. The other ones, while you're eating and you remember, is a different than you're totally finished. The Yesh Poskim Hamefarshim Acheret Machlitim Shetzarich Levarech. Some actually say you're supposed to say the blessing. The Yesh Noogim Lachmir Lechol Mashu Acharka. And some say, well, yeah, then what you should do is eat something else again. Add to your meal. You thought you were finished? Have something else and say the bracha. Have a dessert. Have something that you weren't going to have normally, and therefore you can add um, a little bit at that point. Okay? Questions? Um, the next part actually has to do with a certain kind of wine. Okay? In Hebrew, or the language here, it's not Hebrew, it's called asparagus. So you read it and say, oh, asparagus, we need asparagus. Nah. How do they translate it? It says it, it, it comes from the Greek, a type of cabbage soaked in wine or some other liquor, which ground medicines were mixed. According to the descriptions in early medical texts, this drink was used to induce bowel movements. Drinking too much, however, causes serious harm. Yes. Okay. Right. okay. Exactly. <laughs> and it's mukaz. <laughs> so it, it's probably, it's, you know, it's obviously the same word. All right, but it's it's it relates to uh, now not just asparagus themselves, some sort of cabbage, or they 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 mixed it with uh, with wine, um, in, in that kind of case, and it became uh, that thing. And what it's actually going to do is tell you what it's good for, what it's not good for, and we're going to go on after that with some kind of wild things in terms of what you should be careful about and what you shouldn't be careful about because the angels are trying to tempt you uh, to do the wrong thing. So um, I think what we'll do is we'll stop here rather than start a whole different inyan uh, and pick it up here. Okay? So we'll pick it up at Tanu Rabbanan Asparagus. All right, Janet told everybody before, there's no class in two weeks. In two weeks. There's class next week. I'll try to get a schedule for you for the rest of the, at least whatever is left.